You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show here on 3CR every second and fourth Wednesday, bringing you up-to-date news, information and interviews about older people's housing and housing justice. Uh, My name is Shane. I'm here with Fiona. How are you going? I'm good, thanks, Shane. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, This is hopefully our last time recording from our bedrooms once again in uh, the latest lockdown. We'll be keen to get back into the studio as soon as we can. Um, So apologies for any sound quality issues. But Fiona, what did you want to talk about? So listeners will know that here at HAG, we are seeking to create a society where older people have safe, secure and affordable housing. And for us, that's always been to strongly advocate for public housing as the best solution to the housing crisis. Um, And that's because we know that direct investment in public housing is the most cost-effective use of government funding. Um, It's much more efficient than partnerships with community housing providers or private rental assistance programs. Um, You know, investment in crisis housing or giving, you know, handouts to developers. Um, And also we believe that housing is a human right and it should be funded by government as part of its social responsibility, just like public health or public libraries or public schools. Um, So seeing housing as an investment for companies and for individuals and for landlords to make a profit on is something that we've always seen as a fundamental problem, which has led to the housing crisis. But there's been a few issues with that. Um, So for example, we've spoken on in the past about the missing middle and what do we do about affordable housing for people who aren't eligible for public housing? And what is the role of private enterprise in providing affordable housing? Do they have a role or should we only rely on government to provide affordable housing? So this week, we've got something a little bit different to our usual fare. Um, We've got an interview with the CEO of an organisation called Housing All Australians, and he's a property developer. Um, So he's going to be in an upcoming documentary that also will have some of our um, former clients and some of our staff in it. And we decided to interview him this week because we were originally approached by SBS, who um, wanted to cover the story of a pop-up shelter for older women. And so we wanted to follow up that story. But interviewing organisations like this is not what we usually do at 3CR. Um, We usually try to hear from people who don't get their voices heard on the radio, people that are migrants, um, LGBTI people, older people, homeless people, and not big property developers. So we actually debated whether or not to air this interview at all, and we didn't reach consensus. (laughs) But I decided to go ahead with the interview because I'm often being 
spoken about um, from people in the in listeners and, and other people about these types of solutions. Um, tiny houses on roadside reserves, um, putting homeless people in shipping containers, um, making free swags and giving them to rough sleepers. And then this, this latest thing, which is using unused buildings for pop-up shelters. Um, so none of these solutions are long-term, but we do know that housing organisations who are putting people in crisis accommodation like crappy hotels and rooming houses, this kind of thing is, um, is welcome as a solution. So we're going to play the interview now and we'd love to hear from you, the listeners, about what you think about this. Um, is there a role for private developers in providing affordable housing or is this a fundamental contradiction? Um, is it true, as Rob says, that government is too slow to act and we've got to turn to the private sector? Um, and is there a solution that is outside government? But is that a fundamental contradiction? Get in, in contact with us after the show. Shane will give out our phone number um, and you can tell us what you think. So we're joined today by Robert Pradelin from Housing All Australians. How are you going today, Robert? Good, thank you, Fiona. Um, I'm going to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about your organisation, um, how it began and how, how you became involved in it. Well, Fiona, my, my background is a property developer and um, I've had my whole career ever since I was, um, as long as I can remember, developing property. And um, I was actually working for a company called Fraser's Property Australia, who was before that was called Australand. Um, and um, I did quite a few projects for government where we did... Um, the Commonwealth Games Village. I was the builder developer for the Commonwealth Games Village. We then did the Carlton Housing Redevelopment in Victoria. And then another deal with government where we basically built the housing that we had to for the private sector. And as part of the payment for the land, we developed and built some housing for government. But it wasn't until I sort of handed down my general managership that I had time to think. And um, I did a national role for a time there. And I started to engage with not-for-profits and learning a bit more about housing and I was curious about public housing given that we're involved with developments but like many Australians I assumed that, that government was looking after vulnerable Australians and the more I looked into it the more I realized how backward we are going as a country and the real thing that was one of my watershed moments was um, I was involved with Melbourne University um, with a a project called Getting to Yes, and, and then it became something they called um, Transforming Housing. And it's all about the private sector and universities getting together. And as part of that, we had someone from New York come over um, who is a private sector financier called Mark Jark, and still see that visualisation in my mind. And he's, in his conversation, he said, we see key worker housing as actually economic infrastructure for New York. And then I started to think, hey, this housing that we're talking about is public, social, affordable housing. We shouldn't call it housing. We should call it infrastructure for a prosperous country. This is an economic issue for our country. And, and third, the more I got into it, the more I realised that our generation is living an intergenerational time bomb for a future Australia. Because if we accept that we are now polarising ourselves as a country further, the cost to fix the unintended human consequences that a future government has to face is only going to increase. And a future government will probably say, geez, we can't afford to fund that. 
So the consequence I see is that we're heading for a lose-lose scenario that unless we start doing something today, we are leaving something that the a future Australia is going to be very, very different to what it is today. So my concern is maybe for the future, it's not going to affect our lives. That was part of the start of housing all Australians, which has now gone national. It's in every state and territory, except the Northern Territory. And that's only a bit of time until I get up there to talk to people. So um, it is a private sector movement. It is a private sector initiative looking at housing and homeless through the commercial lens. Because unless we explain this problem to both the right and left sides of governments, and that is Labor or Liberal, we are taking the economic view as private sector to say this is an economic issue for our country as well as a social issue. And through that, we're engaging the private sector in a national conversation. So that's a very, very quick snapshot, but uh, that is in essence what, um, what we are trying to do nationally. Okay. So you've just recently opened, I think this is how we kind of noticed your organisation was the pop-up shelter that you've recently done in partnership with YWCA. Um, yep. we, were, we were asked to talk about that by SBS that were covering the story. So we thought we'd follow up with you to find out some more about it. So can you tell us a little bit about the pop-up concept and, and what you've been doing with that? Yep, um, that's we've got as, as, a, as a private sector organisation or sort of driven organisation, we've got a one page strategy because you can't put it in on, a, on one page, you can't actually execute it. And that's got four pillars, one of which is what we've termed pop up housing. Um, New South Wales now calls it meanwhile use. And, and it would really stem from, a, again, a conversation I had with my daughter uh, opposite Flinders Street Station. And it was in the Grave Street, actually. And it was at the time, if you recall, when the Grand Hall was empty above the station and it had been empty for 10 years. And a homeless guy came up and asked us for some money uh, for a bed for that night. And the conversation that then ensued with my daughter saying, we've got Melbourne's icon, Flinders Street Station, that's had an empty hall for 10 years. And below it, people are sleeping rough. And I said, I wonder how many buildings in Melbourne are empty. And that started a conversation with the city of Melbourne and launch housing. And one day I got a phone call after a month or so into this investigation work. I got a phone call from the city of Melbourne saying the ABC News has heard about it and loves the idea, wants to do a story. So we did a story on the ABC News. I was in on Neil Mitchell the next day and I got phone calls from everybody, from wealthy families to the homeless guy. And they all said the same thing. We know we've got a problem, just tell us what you want us to do. But from that exposure, a colleague of mine that was on a not-for-profit board that had just developed new aged care facilities, and they had the existing one empty, 52 rooms. So we brokered a deal with the YWCA, and this is before Housing All Australians was formed. This was just me. And we brokered a situation where we allowed the, or the, that the owner, Casper Care, allowed the YWCA to enter into a, a peppercorn lease for about 18 months. And we then, with the help of Metricon, um, Quest Apartment Hotels, Guest Furniture, we fitted the whole 32 rooms of the 50 rooms out like a hotel. And we handed it back over to the YWCA to manage for vulnerable women. In two years, in, an, in a building that would have been empty, 32 rooms have helped stabilise the lives of 78 women. The owner has now signing a five-year lease for a dollar. 
So, and we're going back now to doing the other 20 rooms in a building that would have been empty for seven years. I'm on the Salvation Army housing boards. When we did the launch in South Melbourne, I tabled and said, this is what we've done here. Someone said, oh, I think we've got an empty building in Box Hill. Well, this empty building turned out to be a, an old heritage home, beautiful home that was used as an office building and had been empty for seven years. We signed a dollar lease, and this is now under Housing All Australians. We signed a dollar lease for five years with the Salvation Army, and we handed over a fully fitted out house to the YWCA for vulnerable women. And we think there are thousands of buildings across the country sitting empty. We've also done, we've also agreed to do uh, between 14 and 18 rooms for uniting in Perth, because now we've got a, a Perth outfit. And just last week, we, um, we became public with an initiative that the city of Melbourne has been working on, and we've been working on it with them for two years. They've agreed to lease to a not-for-profit housing provider, an empty building of five storeys, where it's going to be gutted to refurbish into 60, 50 or 60 full-time homeless apartments. We've got together a group of individuals and organisations, starting from Kane Constructions, the builder, Cox Architecture, a whole A-team of consultants, and we've all agreed to do it for free. That's 3.5 million pro bono. On top of that, Quest Apartments Hotel, who's, who's a national supporter, said, Rob, we will fit them out for free. Dulux said, Rob, we'll give you the paint for free. Linen House says, we'll give you the linen for free. And they're the only three organisations I've had a chance to talk to. We're already up over $4 million from the private sector to help vulnerable Australians. We want to do that in every capital city in Australia because the private sector does care. And we have to change the paradigm and we have to change it in terms of a national homeless and housing discussion because unfortunately um, governments aren't really doing it, nor, nor do they have the, the funds to fund an unlimited supply of housing. We have to engage the private sector in any solution at scale. Oh, Robert, oh, you dropped out a little bit there at the end, but I think that's okay. Um, so you said on your website about the harnessing of the goodwill, I guess, of the private sector. So in your experience, how does that goodwill balance with the profit-driven kind of um, perspective for, for private companies? How, does it, how do you balance those two competing issues? What, what I think you'll find once you delve into a number of private sector companies, I can't say it applies to all of them, but the majority that I deal with is purpose is just as important as profit. And especially in the, in the days of the ESGs or um, all, all that sort of the other issues that stakeholders need to consider and boards need to consider in terms of the broader community, it's becoming much more common for corporates to actually uh, be purposeful to society as well as earning a profit. To me, making a profit's a good thing because in society, we used money as society's measurement system and every scarce resource is priced. And in fact, if you do a feasibility, what they call a feasibility and see, is it worthwhile to do something? If you don't make a profit, it means you're not using society's resources efficiently because even not-for-profits have to make profit they just put it back into the enterprise. Mm. So what's happening now is that corporates are looking at purpose, being purposeful, 
and also being profit because that means sustainability. I'll give you a little bit of an anecdote. We, um, I was involved with doing 14 crisis accommodation for Melbourne City Mission when I was on the Property Industry Foundation. I approached Fender Catalides, a leading architect, Wood Grieve, Norman Disney Young, Built the Builder, and I said, we must do this for free as an industry. And they all did. We contributed 1.8 million for free. But I was having a cup of coffee with David Sutherland, one of the directors of the architects, after it's all finished. And he said, Rob, when, when we said yes to you, we went out to our staff and we said, who wants to work on this project because we're doing it pro bono? And everybody under 30 participated. They had such an enjoyable and engaging time. This is now our staff retention policy. We want to be perceived as a company of choice. We want to be perceived as purposeful as well as profitable. And I think that is the way of the future for all organisations across the country. So um, you, you're saying that you basically government's not going to have the money and, and you can't wait. It, it take, like government processes take so long for approvals and all that sort of stuff. Do you think that there's any role for government in providing affordable housing or should it be only up to the private sector? Look, there's no question this is an Australia-wide issue. Um, governments have all their different priorities. They've got elections then, and let's face it, governments are all about getting votes as much as they are there to try and help us guide through all the issues that, that we're having. The main reason for the private sector to lead the discussion, and it's been done in climate change, you know, the market's going to be way ahead of the climate change agenda than government legislation. And part of that is the private sector just want to get stuff done and they've got the means to actually do it. Yes, there's absolutely a role for government because at the end of the day, they are our conductors of all the resources. But as a general public, though, part of our um, objective is to create respectful unrest through education. And what I mean by there, unless we've got respectful unrest to the entire population and educate them about what they don't know, like women over 50 are the fastest growing cohort of homeless in Australia, and our super funds have billions of dollars invested in housing Americans and zero in this country. And it's not their fault, it's the system. But unless people understand that, they don't know what they don't know. And my hypothesis is people won't like what they learn and through that, we create respectful unrest nationally. It becomes a barbecue conversation. And guess what? Political self-interest on both sides, Labor and Liberal, will kick in because the community now demands that we house all Australians, rich or poor, as an economic platform for a future successful and prosperous country. Thanks, Robert. So if listeners want to find out more, where do they go for more information? Well, Housing All Australians has got its own website at um, housingallaustralians.org.au. Uh, there's an email there saying info at housingallaustralians.org.au. would welcome any individual or especially organisations that want to donate their skills or their supplies to our projects nationally. We are a national organisation of like-minded, value-aligned private sector organisations trying to change the national landscape in terms of housing as an economic infrastructure piece. Thanks so much for your time, Robert. Thanks, Fiona. Pleasure. City, City Limits. Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. 
to privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City limits. There are many ways that you can keep up to date with 3CR news, events and programs. With Facebook stripping content, it's a timely reminder to focus on the communication channels and platforms that the community controls. The 3CR website is a great spot to catch all your shows via audio on demand or scroll through our range of podcasts. It's also where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter, buy yourself a new t-shirt or check out archival audio from past broadcasts. Of course, we're also on Twitter, at 3CR, and Instagram, at 3CR Melbourne. But don't forget our mighty AM band. Catch us anytime on 855am. Keep in touch, 3cr.org.au. Tune in to Uprise Radio every first and third Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR. With Jackson and James, we're bringing you the in-depth analysis of what's happening in the world all in just 30 minutes. You can listen live to air or you can find us on demand. 3cr.org.au. Stay tuned. You're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Age Action Group show here on 3CR. Uh, my name's Shane. I'm here with Fiona. This is 8.55 a.m. Fiona, what did you want to say? Yeah, so that was um, Rob from Housing All Australians. Um, so if you have any views about that, feel free to get in contact with us. Also, there are other opportunities to get in contact with us that we would like to quickly talk about. Um, as we mentioned on a couple of shows ago, the government is currently um, running some consultation on social housing regulation. And this is something that we feel is really important um, to get right because we think that tenants living in um, community housing should have the same rights and access to services as people living in public housing. And the latest discussion paper is specifically about that. So the consultation paper is called Service Delivery and the Tenant Experience. And they want to hear from tenants who live in public and community housing and also people who are eligible to be in that type of housing but have been sitting on the wait list forever or maybe haven't even bothered to apply because they know how long it takes. Um, so if that sounds like you, then we're really keen to hear from you. The paper is open until the 17th of September. And we are going to be putting another submission. We've already put one into the first background paper, and this is the second opportunity. Um, and we're going to have a general meeting where we talk about this. Shane, do you have the details of our next general meeting? Yeah, I can tell you about the general meeting. I just wanted to mention that if people are interested in that social housing regulation issue, um, there's been quite a lot of discussion about it on city limits uh, mm. here on 3CR. Uh, good friends of HAG frequently allow me on air to rant wildly about how cruel and pointless landlords are, how all <laughs> kinds of housing should be nationalised, things I'm not allowed to say on this show where we're so much more uh, discreet and circumspect in our political views. Yeah, but anyway, 
the general meeting, which we are strangely calling a hybrid general meeting. I don't know, quite know what that means. Um, I guess it's potentially going to be both in person and online. That sounds like it's going to be an absolute nightmare, to be honest. No, no, it works really well. We're, we're really good at this stuff now. Okay, okay. So that will be, regardless of the format or what may or may not be legal on, on this date, uh, 11 a.m., the 19th of August. So that's a Thursday in a few weeks from now. Uh, in person, that'll be at Ross House at 247 Flinders Lane, just near Flinders Street Station. Uh, or online, um, we have different options for people to participate either on Zoom or via the phone. Um, probably the easiest thing is to give us a call to get those details on how you can participate uh, if you're not able to attend in person. Or to RSVP if you are going to come so we know how many sandwiches to bring. Even soup. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if COVID allows it, we're going to try for soup. If COVID allows, you might even get a soup. Um, so on the agenda for that, uh, Fiona mentioned there'll be some consultation uh, about the social housing regulation review, uh, getting our members' views about that. Um, more broadly, getting our members' voices in other kinds of participation stuff that we're working on. And I think that we're going to be launching our new online forum, which uh -huh. will have a guest on to talk about in the near future as well. So even more opportunities to rant about landlords and nationalization coming up. Um, I think that's it about the, the general meeting. Ah, but I should give you the phone numbers. So a couple of key phone numbers for HAG. Um, if you're an older Victorian who needs some advice about your housing situation for any reason, uh, the number that you can call us on is 1300 765 178. Uh, that's 1300 765 178. If you're more interested, if you want to call about RSVPing for the general meeting, uh, you want to talk about social housing regulation, um, you want to talk about some of our other sort of policy and political positions, or you want to give Fiona some feedback about the interview that we aired today, that number is 9654 7389. It's 9654-7389. Obviously, you can also find us on Twitter, on Facebook. We love our social media. Uh, you can find our website, oldertenants.org.au. And I think that's just about everything that we wanted to talk about this week. What do you think, yeah, Diana? I think that's about it. Um, next fortnight, we're going to have an interview from some of the people that squatted Bendigo Street back in five years ago, if you remember that. Um, the government took reclaim some housing in Collingwood in order to put a freeway through. The freeway um, project was cancelled, but the housing was left sitting empty. And these um, members of the community squatted it and tried to get it turned into public housing. So the documentary will be coming out, hopefully, um, to describe what happened there. And we'll be having one of the producers on the show to talk about that. Sounds great. We're going to leave you with a song. Uh, the biggest release of the week surely the most exciting uh sad that we can't share this with you in video form but we are going to hear from Lil Nas X the most important pop star in the world right now uh this is sadly the radio friendly edit but we're going to hear Industry Baby uh with is the guy's name Jack Harlow something like that Lil Nas X Jack Harlow Industry Baby see ya in second Wednesday next month bye, bye. Baby bet, ayy, Cobra X, ayy, couple Grammys on him. 